0: I'm Rusty P.
1: Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. Uh, we just finished our Blog Talk Radio, which is a half hour warm up on uh, uh, Blog Talk. Uh, it's uh, looking for the address, but you can find it at org and uh, look for under media for the different ways to. Uh, hear us on a regular basis. We have uh, dozens of shows archived. Uh, we have moved now, for those of you who are listening, know this, to com. if I got that correct. I'm, I'm, we were on First Amendment Radio, and now we've moved here for two hours. Uh, com And uh, We sent out a message uh, to our Kingdom News list. We've sent out messages now to the Living Network, which is uh, dealing with hundreds, uh, even over a thousand people. Uh, And hopefully some of them will actually uh, tune in and listen to us here. Uh, This show will probably not be call-ins, but you can email us at at uh, org or network at hisholychurch.org. Put something in the subject line radio question, and we'll try to answer your question online here today over the next two hours. Uh, We will go to having call-ins here. Uh, Right now we've done a number of tests with Skype with our satellite hookup, and uh, we have a tremendous lag, and they're not getting it straightened out. Uh, we've tried it with our cell phone hookup, which is a little bit faster, uh, and we got it down to two, three-second lag. But still, that would be very difficult to have a good call in because you can't be directly conversational. So we can't get DSL out here because we're in such a remote, isolated uh, community. But uh, there is DSL a number of miles away, and uh, I just simply need a place – to plug into that DSL and conduct a two-hour radio show on Saturday morning. Now, I might be able to do that uh, in a number of places, uh, but we just haven't been able to consolidate that opportunity. We will uh, work on that. We have another way of doing it where I'm a call-in and somebody else logs in to the radio station. But then I sound like I'm on the phone and everybody else is live <laughs> in the studio. And uh, we think that we can do better than that. And the individual that we were going to have cover that uh, this weekend uh, is only where there is dial-up. So we didn't do it. Uh, this is our first move over, and it'll take a little while to get everybody on page with com. Uh, but uh, we thought that was important That we uh, uh, take this opportunity We were thinking about expanding the radio show We're actually going to expand the radio show Even much farther Keys of the Kingdom will be heard uh, In uh, pre-recorded shows uh, at, at this time Because it's just too expensive to go live uh, uh, Over all these other uh, syndicated radio broadcasts So we will pre-record and uh, have uh, specific messages designed to bring people up to speed to exactly what the gospel of the kingdom is really all about. Because it's not being preached in our local churches. They're simply not telling you the truth. Uh, Most of them don't know the truth. Some of them, if you did tell them the truth, they'd do nothing about it. Uh, They're more interested in um, maintaining their own little, safe little congregations, their own little... Uh, clubs their own little uh, uh, ear-tickling sessions uh, that support them and, and make them feel good and uh, do not preach the gospel of the king- kingdom. Because the gospel of the kingdom is about responsibility. It's about being diligent. It's about striving. It's about seeking. It's about providing for the needs of your community through faith, hope, and charity and not applying for benefits to men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. Now, I repeat that so much, I'm sure some of you are finding it rather old. But how many new vo- uh, listeners do we have? They're holdover from the program that was prior to this, or coming on early, or seeing the Kingdom newsletter that is going out today. Anybody who is listening to this call should get on the Kingdom news list. Uh, We send out a newsletter from here. Uh, We haven't been doing it once a week, but we really should be. We have enough material that we could do this. Uh, And we would be keeping you in touch with new changes, new activities, what stations you will be able to hear us on across the country. Uh, You can now subscribe. Uh, We're going to... uh, tried to handle the funds that go specifically to radio a little bit different we had a meeting the other day and uh, we have some uh, buttons up and we're keeping track of uh, donations online uh, to put it aside for radio broadcast but we're going to actually put it that money in a different fund uh, that was used for the tour the whirlwind tour where i travel across the country speaking to people and uh the world one tour was our casting our bread upon the waters, so that we would meet these people, meet them face to face, talk with them face to face, and get them uh, connecting one with each other. Start forming congregations of record. Some people can't quite figure out why do we need congregations of record. Well, we need them so that we can keep track of one another. The kingdom has always been a network based on the concept of the buddy system. Times 10. 10 families get together and watch out for the needs of each other. They keep track of. If they don't show up, somebody goes out and looks for them. Well, we have a local widow who uh, is uh, up there in age now, uh, and if she doesn't come in and pick up her mail, the community sends somebody out to check on her. Uh, and that's our way of not being invasive. And yet, keeping an eye on her and making sure that her welfare is taken care of, and people will shuttle her around and make sure she she gets a pittance in social security. Uh, she's farm laborer all her life. Her husband was a farm laborer, uh, and uh, you know, the other day she we took her in. She got uh, MRI because she was having some back trouble. And they discovered, they said, well, your back was broken. And uh, when was that? And she says, oh, I know when that was. She'd never gone into a doctor when she broke her back. A horse fell on her, broke her back. And they said, well, you didn't go into a doc?" No, didn't go into a doctor. In those days, we just toughed it out. In other words, she walked around with a broken back <laughs> until it healed up. And uh, now she's got some pinched nerves, you know, in her 80s, late 80s and uh, she still takes care of herself, heats with firewood, and uh, uh, is very independent. But we keep an eye on her, because out here in this community, that's what people do. In your community, in many of the cities across the country, she could die in her apartment, and you wouldn't know it until the stink got too bad. Uh, people don't keep an eye on her. They think that's somebody else's job. But in the kingdom... You have to keep an eye on one another. You have to care about one another. You you have to check on them as much as you would check on yourself or your own children. And this is why you need a network. And this is why we're forming Congregations of Record and created the Living Network. And to get on it, you need to go to hisholychurch.org and go to the drop-down menu where there's a little guy up there with a net and join a local network. And then find out who on that network is a contact minister active one, and uh, pick him to be your contact minister, him or her, and then start calling them up once in a while, letting them call you up once in a while, and if you live nearby, meet with them. And the more we find people in your area, the more you can can uh, concentrate that network so that you you actually meeting all the people that are in your network. That's called congregating. Congregation, that's going to church. Church is in the building. It's people, so you have to go to the people, see how they're doing, check on them, find out where their heart is at, find out if they're honorable people, find out if they're seeking righteousness. Because it's not enough just to seek the kingdom, which is the right to be ruled by God. You must also seek the righteousness of God. That means you have to care about one another. Well, how do we find these people? This message of being responsible. For one another caring for one another this is the message from Abraham to Moses to Jesus Christ yet today the churches tell you oh we care about you we love you but if you really need help go to the government yet Jesus said not to be like the men who call themselves benefactors referring specifically to the rulers and princes of other governments who take care of their needy to force contributions, through the Corbin of the Pharisees that makes the word of God to none effect. So are you doing that? Are you gathering together? Or are you just finding a hideaway uh, down in South America or uh, uh, building a bunker somewhere in the hills and stocking it with uh, beans and freeze-dried uh, Salisbury steaks? Are you actually building... A network of people who care about one another. Which do you think will be long-lasting? I saw some posts going out today about a water storage. How much water can you store for hard times? Well, you could probably put 500 gallon tank in your bedroom and store that. But what happens if you had to leave your bedroom? You can't take that. You know, a gallon of water is eight pounds. 10 gallons of water is 80 pounds. So that'll last you 10 days. How far are you going with that? No, you need a network of people. You need, uh, sure, it's a good idea to have some emergency provisions in every home. But you have to think kingdom because you will need help from other people eventually. And who are you going to call? The same people that would want to be able to call you How do they know that they can call you? Because in good times, you cared about how they were doing. How are you doing? Call them up. Start forming that network. Start forming those bonds that will survive the decline and fall of the Fourth Reich, the New World Order, the new Pax Romana, the the new system that wants you to be a subject in Egypt. You have to form that network. You have to make that happen. And it's easy to make happen if you care about others as much as you care about yourself. And you start forming that network, forming those congregations of record, Y of record, so that the next congregation who can't come to all your meetings knows who you are. And then you, you know, if if it's a hundred miles away or five hundred miles away, you take up a local connection, uh, collection, and send your minister to those other congregations to meet with those ministers and those people, and vice versa. So that you get to know every week. Not only should you have meetings, but every month you should have your ministers of congregation meet another minister of congregation. Now, we don't have that many of them because people have become so apathetic. They don't know how to form these congregations of record. They don't understand why. I had a lady who did nice things for people. She was well-fixed for fun. She didn't need help herself. But she couldn't figure out, well, why do we have to do this congregation of record? Because don't you care about other people who aren't as well fixed as you? Well yeah, I help out the poor. No, in like kingdom. The bare idea of thinking kingdom, you're talking about people actually organizing themselves, still remaining in faith open charity, but actually organized. That was one of the things that frightened the emperors more than anything else is how well organized the Christians were. You tell one Christian, and in a couple days, the whole nation of Christians knew about it because they had a network, the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And we explain all this in the book Thy Kingdom Come, which you can download for free on the Internet if that's what you want to do. Okay, well, I found out who the other caller was on Blog Talk. I'm sorry I didn't answer it. I got to learn to recognize these phone numbers. <laughs> but I, I also think I'm now recognizing. Uh, they changed the the control board on Blog Talk. As soon as we get Skype here, and we'll have a control board here too, so we can take call in. Um, I'll have to figure out that control board, how it works. But uh, it's a learning curve, and this show is the beginning of that learning curve. And uh, we're going to see if we can't uh, somehow get Skype so that we can do these shows live. You can have live call-ins, and then everybody doesn't have to call me all during the week. And uh, that way also when they ask a good question... We can share it with all the listeners. Now we're going to have to, when we get these things ironed out, we're going to ask everybody to promote the show, try to tell other people and get them to listen to uh, com, which is where we will be hosting this two-hour show. And we'll see if we can build up a constituency that is listening to this show. Now for uh, Liberty Live, which is part of First Amendment, radio uh, what we often call far radio um, is uh, it's all part of their their same network they let us come on for free but I know they have expenses too and you may need to help them out also I know that you can get subscriptions uh, to the radio program so you can listen to it at any time they have first rights on the recording of the, these programs we're not recording it right now they're the only ones recording it and so to hear this program again you would have to have a subscription with them uh... and hopefully they will uh, stay supporting us and giving us this free airtime but the time is not free somebody has to give up their time in order to have these broadcasts Uh, we need to uh... do that on a regular basis and uh, uh... develop these call-ins so that when you call in other people can hear these questions. Now this is 4th of July weekend and a lot of people are out there celebrating the 4th and I just sent out the Kingdom newsletter and asked uh, should we be celebrating the 4th or mourning the 4th because the republic that men fought and died for and whenever I hear the phrase forefathers we're supposed to think of Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and Patrick Henry and Thomas Paine and uh, Adams and the rest of them and I I think that they were probably pretty good guys they'd be pretty good neighbors Uh, maybe not Hamilton but the rest of them didn't seem to be too bad I could certainly carry on a conversation with them Uh, but they are not really the forefathers of this nation forefathers of this nation was my great 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 grandpa Whitaker who was kicked out of the Quaker Church for joining the Virginia uh, regiment and others who fought and died to keep this country free. Fought not just with the British Redcoats and the uh, Hessians, but fought with uh, renegade Indians and fought the cold and the starvation and the hunger and the soil and and the forest and built this country taking care of their families and their families families and their communities for a hundred years and made this a great nation a nation that operated where social welfare was entirely in the hands of the church and the free rural offerings and, and love of neighbor found in the communities of America this is what made America great, it wasn't the constitution that made it great and as we pointed out in blog talk, the Constitution, which was actually a resolution, uh, or, I mean, a, a, it wasn't a resolution, excuse me, uh, I was, uh, the Constitution was ratified by nine states and implemented on this day in history, July 2nd, 1788, in violation Of the Articles of Confederation which required unanimous consent it was illegally ratified and implemented in the United States it began by breaking the law it had nothing to do with the people, the people weren't a party to it, it really was rather insignificant to their day to day lives had it been put to them for a vote, if they even had any say so in it, it would have been voted down, but again it wasn't we the people of America, it was we the people of the United States. And the United States was a body outside of the states that was created to maintain and care for and and fulfill certain obligations laid out in that corporate document. You would have to be a employee of the United States for that document to have any great bearing on your life. But you are an employee of the United States federal government and you have an employee (laughs) federal employee identification number and every morning when you get up and go to work, the first few hours of your laboring day is for the federal government. You're building the pyramid. And that's the way it should be because you've been slothful not diligent, in the ways of God. The ways of God means you take care of one another through faith, hope, and charity. And you haven't been doing that. So now, if you have any questions that you want me to address during the, this two-hour episode, first episode on LibertyRadioLive.com, uh, you, you can send them to network at dot org if you want to know everything that's going on in the network you need to join the network by going to org and joining the local network if you want to be a part of the activities and projects and decision making in the network then you have to pick a contact minister and become a part of a that living network in connection. And then the contact ministers that you pick will be gathered together with other contact ministers to work on these projects. And like I said, one of those projects is to syndicate Keys of the Kingdom. A small half hour version at first. That's all we can afford. If we can even afford that, it will depend upon the contributions of the people. And we will put that on. And develop that system so that uh, we can uh, get this message out to larger and larger numbers of people bring more people to this lengthy broadcast more people for there will be lots of questions now we have Q&A questions about the church how the church was organized what we should be doing to create a free church And I think we have the most extensive information on this subject, most detailed, most researched, uh, most, uh, call it braggadocious, but show me where I'm wrong, most in conformity to the specific directives of Jesus Christ. We should be abiding in his ordinances. When he makes statements, Direct statements, instructory statements, limiting statements. We need to understand that those are the directives of Jesus Christ. In order to be one of my disciples, disciples is a, a student. A student of what? A student to be ministers. Remember, he's taking the kingdom away from the Pharisees. He's going to give it to another group. There was an article, I didn't get to read the whole thing, but. Uh, I've heard ministers say this. Well, Israel is over there in the Middle East, and the church is something separate. God created a separate church. No, the church is Israel. The true church is Israel. It is the bureaucracy of the kingdom of God. It is the priest to all nations. That's what Israel was supposed to be. It wasn't this little isolated group of God's children that was to go off and do their own thing. It was to be a priest to all nations, to show them the way of God, the ways of the kingdom. So now when we go to break, you guys can send me your questions and we can start addressing those and see if we can't form... uh, a little community here on this radio show that will help somebody else besides us.
2: Fight the fight. We are here to equip you because you love the truth. LibertyRadioLive.com The Greatest Prophecy
0: DVD of Cross the Border Productions. Embrace the little-known but greatest prophecy given by the Great High Priest. The pre-incarnate Messiah reveals God's once secret plan for mankind. Believe it. Behold the the end times in Daniel chapter 2, because the dream
2: is certain, and
0: the interpretation thereof sure. It is the key to prophecy future. Comprehend the seven-year great tribulation deception. Be not deceived. Understand the great prophecy delusion, because if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Be forewarned. America, in prophecy, exposed for all to see, the mark of the beast, No, it's not a biochip. A much better and more secure technology is already here, and you are already using it. Two copies, one for you and one for you to give away when you send a support donation of $25 to First Amendment Radio. Use the chip-in event on our website or send $25 cash to First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue, Tulare, California. 93274. Make copies and give them away. Send $25 cash for two copies of the Greatest Prophecy DVD. That's First Amendment Radio, 139 East Tulare Avenue. To Larry, T U L A R E, California 93274. A wise man is forewarned and prepares for the time to come. The greatest prophecy, DVD.
2: Now listen to me, the
0: Bible says render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church the whore that rides the beast make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones the truth will make them free they will watch the DVD Government Takeover
2: of the Church who will tell them if not you get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com order online today or call 559 781 3773 Now listen to me. Have you seen Loose Change,
0: the most popular documentary in the 911 Truth Movement? With the coming change in government, now is the time to push for justice and get this truth into the hands of millions of Americans. First Amendment Radio is offering both videos, Loose Change and 911 Justice on DVD. We will ship two copies of both videos to you for 10 bucks cash. Yes, two copies, one for you and one for you to give away. You will see and hear Larry Silverstein admit that they decided to pull the building why are they not being pursued the people must know justice must be had the time is now two copies of both videos loose change and 911 justice for 10 bucks cash no checks please to first amendment radio 139 east to larry avenue to larry california 93274
1: keys of the kingdom we're back and we're still talking about the kingdom something we talk about all the time and i'm looking to see if we're getting any questions from anybody <laughs> i guess everybody's all out of questions um we're uh the plan is to have a two-hour show here and to get it to go to call-ins and uh we will do that as soon as we can get skype on a regular basis uh, paul will be back uh, i'm not sure next week but the week after for sure uh... In the meantime i'm going to have a meeting with some people to see if we can't get dsl somewhere here in this valley where uh... we can hook up skype and have regular call-ins and with a little bit better equipment and uh... Then we're going to also have a drive here in the next month, as soon as we get some of the things caught up here, uh, where we're going to uh, uh, syndicate Keys of the Kingdom, at least a half hour of it, uh, pre-recorded, all over the United States on other regular radio broadcasts so that people can hear us in their cars, and uh, in their homes on regular radio. And eventually we will rebroadcast those half-hour uh, shows or add them to our archives. And we will be taking subscriptions to support that project because to get on those airways is going to cost us money. Uh, we have to pay the stations to get on those uh, programs. Uh, to say nothing of the hours that it takes to put the shows together, record them, and and get them up in a, as as an effective tool in preaching the kingdom. Because it's so strange for most people to understand what the kingdom of God is. It's the right to be ruled by God. And, of course, you don't have a right to be ruled by God unless you're one of those diligent people that the Bible talks about if you're slothful in certain matters the weightier matters you should be under tribute and you should not uh, be uh, enjoying the Liberty of Christ and what are those weightier matters well Jesus laid them out and most people don't know what they are including most of the ministers I've met I couldn't find hardly on on the tour i found one fellow in minnesota who actually named them uh named him a little bit different i think he had a little different translation but he named them law was the first one but uh judgment mercy and faith judgment how is uh, we're not supposed to judge what how how do you tend to judgment well, of course we're supposed to judge. Uh, it depends on the context in which you use the phrase. I mean, if your next-door neighbor is a child molester, you don't. do you have a right to judge him? Well, if you decide not to hire him as a babysitter, isn't that judging him? Of course it is, and you should do that kind of judgment. There are other kinds of judgment that you should not do you know, you should forgive. Now, that doesn't mean you exonerate. People are still responsible for what they do. If a man steals, doesn't he have to pay back? Absolutely. There was a minister who was molesting children and was accused of this, and in order to keep it out of the court, he paid them millions of dollars. Why do you want to keep it out of court? Because he didn't want everybody to know what a sleaze bag he was. But yet his church is going around saying, Oh, but we shouldn't judge. Look, the guy's a sleaze bag. <laughs> that's it. You need to confront him with the fact that he's a sleaze because he needs to repent of being a sleaze bag. Instead of he paid it off with church money. He paid them off. He settled out of court. He's a sleaze bag. Those people don't know Christ. Christ drove the money changers out of the temple. He forgave them, but he didn't exonerate them. They had to pay the penalty of the evil they had done. He didn't tolerate that evil. He drove them out. We should drive out evil. We can forgive them at the same time. But we don't exonerate them. In other words, they're still answerable to God for what they've done. We're just not going to, and, and when we drive them out of the temple, we're not punishing them, we're protecting the innocent. This is one of the things the laws that men set up are not made by men to punish the wicked, they will punish the wicked by their nature. But our motive is to protect the innocent. We don't put somebody in jail to punish them. We do it to protect the innocent. Now, they will consider going to jail a punishment. They will think of it as a punishment. And yes, rightfully so. It's much like a punishment. Our motivation should be righteousness to protect the wicked, not to play God Let God be God. You protect the innocent. And that seems like a subtle little difference, but that's a major difference. When you decide to punish the wicked, then you are playing God. But when the wicked are harming others and and, uh, corrupting the youth and what have you, and you restrict them from that, Drive them away so they can't do that. Even arrest them and put them in jail and detain them so they can't do that. Your motivation is to protect the innocent. Leave punishment to God. (laughs) I always used to think it was funny that solitary confinement was considered almost inhumane treatment. What is solitary confinement? It's leaving a man alone with himself. (laughs) You have to be pretty bad company if being left alone with yourself is the worst punishment you can receive. Do you think it was punishment for Christ to be alone with himself? Every time he went to pray, he went alone. He went off and put himself alone 40 days in the wilderness alone. Do you think... Christ being alone with himself was punishment? Think solitary confinement is punishment to Christ? No. No. It's only for the wicked that it's punishment. because they're left alone with who? The wicked themselves. <laughs> so, you, you have to understand how uh, our motivation needs to be to tend to those weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These are these are important concepts and ideas. How do you tend to the law? Well, for years in this country when you went into court to decide a matter even civilly or criminally it was a jury of 12 men who made the decision as to facts and law there were lawyers there I'm not saying attorneys but lawyers often would represent both sides men who knew the law not members of the bar but actual just lawyers men who understood law would argue the case on both sides. And in arguing that case, they would not argue statutes. They would argue precedent. Precedent is the way in which other cases that were similar to this case had been decided in the past. Because no two cases are exactly the same, you might argue this one and someone say, yeah, but that doesn't really apply here because this, this, and this were different. So who's really deciding fact and law? It's the jury of your peers. Well, that's why you have congregations. Because if you don't have congregations, you have no juries. You have no way of deciding fact and law. Because you're not going to be allowed to do that in the equity courts of the world. In those courts, you don't decide fact and law anymore, you decide the facts. The judge decides the law. And if they see you trying to decide the law, they'll do something about it. There was a lady who was telling the jury about jury nullification, I think it was in Colorado, and they wanted a prosecutor for jury tampering. Well, how could that be? I mean, it's always been a right to decide fact and law. Somebody has sent in a question. David has asked, you touched on the corporate nature of we, the people of the United States. Could you please expound a bit more on that? And he also hopes that the two-hour format works out. It will once we get regular call-ins. He says he uh, will miss the two-hour talk shoes. We may still have a few talk shoes from time to time. We have several uh, other congregations. Capadona has one. Uh, Scott has one at Lowe's Hill. And uh, we may uh, commandeer those from time to time. Uh, or set up other ones uh... in order to talk over certain issues that will be coming up uh, and of course we can uh... we've got several different numbers and formats in the talk show that we can set up for these conversational on uh... I, I believe that when we get skype we can actually have more than one person calling in but uh... it probably could just simply have numerous call-ins and uh might be able to help monitor that with some of the other people. Uh, We'll have to explore that. But uh, as to the question, the corporate nature of we, the people of the United States, that's a huge debate. A lot of people uh, don't want to think of the Constitution as a corporate charter. But of course, it absolutely is a corporate charter. Uh, It was incorporating the federal government and it was laying out Articles 1, Article 2, Article 3, Article 4. They're telling how many members, uh, telling how Congress and Senate would be elected. Uh th- That's a corporate charter, folks. That's a corporate charter. Now, were the states incorporated under the Constitution? No. The states incorporated the United States by the ratification and acquiescence to the Constitution. The, the United States is a... You know, if you had 13 states at the time, there was nine who ratified it, uh, there was... uh those nine states originally, uh, eventually the others ratified it, but uh, uh, those nine states created an external body called the United States federal government. The United States government. It was federal in nature. And that body had congressmen, senators, eventually a postal service. Um, and these were federal employees. And they received money from the federal government. And they were a part of a corporate body. And they, they could pass new laws. And the states, in a way, were a part of this because, they, of course, they had state representation through the Senate. And uh, they, they through their local uh Congresses, they would uh, uh, elect someone to represent them in the Senate. And the people also could play a part in electing an electoral college. You would elect a president of the United States. Now, that's interesting. Why not just use a popular vote to pick the president of the United States? Why elect an electoral college equal in size and number to the congressmen that they were sending? And those men would elect the president. It's because that's a separate body. That's why. Now, that's all getting blurred now. And the Constitution has undergone many organic changes, actually almost been completely redone. Amendments have disappeared. Um... You know back at the time of the Civil War, the Civil War had drastic effect on the corporate nature of this body created by the United States Constitution because there was huge alterations that took place and relationships that took place uh It was at the creation of this citizenship by virtue of the Fourteenth Amendment, and I'm quoting here Black's Law Dictionary. It was that type of citizenship that allowed for a huge change in the nature of the federal government and therefore the corporation of the federal government. It's always been a corporate charter, though. It never was a republic. The United States was never a republic it, it, as a result of the Constitution. doesn't say that. It says that the United States was to guarantee a republican form of government for the states but the states were as foreign to each other as Mexico is to Canada I recommend everybody read uh, contracts, covenants and constitutions because the people weren't a party to the constitution had it been put to the people for a vote it would have been voted down historians all agree to that that's not a secret it's not a conspiracy theory it's just a reality it was extremely unpopular with the people Patrick Henry argued against it this document was written as if good men would take office office in what? office in the corporate United States but when bad men take office they will steal your rights to ambuscade and that's exactly what took place so we weren't federal citizens. We weren't federal U.S. citizens originally. There was no provision for such a thing. You were citizens of the states. I was with a group of ministers, and one of them was uh, born in England. Still, I believe he's still an English national. And uh, somebody said, well, we're citizens of the state of Oregon. And he says, no, you're not. You're residents of Oregon. You citizens of the United States he knew he understood that. I think there's six different passports you can get in England. They have layers and layers of their bondage. They took a long time in making it we we're We're on the fast track to bondage for the last one hundred years. <laughs> the United States federal government is a corporation, and everybody who has a social security number is an employee of that corporation. And therefore, all the rules and laws, including income tax, which apply only to federal employees, applies to them. And so people who make these 861 arguments are barking up the wrong tree because they are federal employees with a federal employee identification number working for somebody with a federal employer identification number and a portion of everything they earn has to go to the government. And if you don't understand that, go read Employee versus Enslaved in the book Covenants of the Gods, because you've made a covenant. And it's not just a constructive co- uh, covenant it, uh, contract. It is an executed contract, because you have complied with all three requirements for the execution of that contract, and it's also a contract of indebtedness. And so, therefore, you can't just rescind it unless you leave the country. If you're going to stay here, you better form another government. And that's what Christ was doing. Christ came to set men free. From what? The sin of rejecting God. Did you know that most citizens of the United States have openly rejected God? They still claim him, but they're taking his name in vain because they have, in actuality, rejected him. The same as the citizens of Israel rejected God when they elected Saul. That was a rejection of God. If you're electing presidents, you're rejecting God. Now, you can do that. I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm not even saying you shouldn't do that. I could say you shouldn't do that, but, you know, you shouldn't do it because I tell you. You should do it because you understand what you're doing and say, oh my gosh, I repent. I turn around from that. I'm now going to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what I tell you, is to repent, turn around, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So, yeah, the 14th Amendment was a big thing, but it's our acquiescence. It's our application that brings us into that corporate body. Our parents have set us on the altars of Moloch, and we have gone into bondage. Yeah, we will definitely need to bring more voices on here, so we're definitely going to have to get the Skype thing worked out, and that means we definitely need to get DSL, because uh, it just simply, we cannot get the satellite to shake hands properly. I mean, at times it was like, uh, I think we maxed out at 16 to 18 second delay. Somebody would say something... I wouldn't hear it and respond to it for sixteen to eighteen seconds. It's pretty hard to have a call in with that. Now we their technology improved and it dropped down at times to two seconds but it was that was only with a cell phone and then that would interrupt and drop the call. Now way out on the desert I found a place where I can get more bars and they stay more consistent. I don't know what it is, but uh we thought about doing it from there, but even still a two-second delay would cause a certain amount of confusion. If we can just get DSL, we will we will go that way, and we'll have regular call-ins, and everybody can call in, and we'll try to organize at least the second half of the show so that we can use it to discuss some of the things. Most of the discussions that need to be taking place on... The Living Network, which is what the kingdom of God has always been, uh, are private, and we're not going to be doing them on the radio. But the general questions that come up from time to time, we certainly can. So it looks like, oh, we're getting this spam. So I don't know what else I could tell you about the corporate nature of the Constitution. It certainly is in Articles of Incorporation. It was incorporating, you know, what is a corporation? Two or more people gathered together for a particular purpose. Well, the United States Congress and Senate certainly are two or more people gathered together um, for a particular purpose. And those purposes are laid out in the Constitution of the United States. And they are gathered together as if they were one person. In other words, to create out of many, one. E pluribus unum. One voice. And that voice is Obama. And the amount of power that Obama has today, uh, thanks to all the other presidents and congressmen that have gone before, as well as all the people that remain slothful in the way of your matters, is tremendous power. Tremendous power. The power more of a king than a president. He can wage war. He can line that up to you. Uh, he can make law. He appoints the God's many of that government. We'll be back at Keys of the Kingdom for another hour after these words from the sponsors of this regulation. station. Every
3: You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net Now listen to
0: me. The Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar's. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is... The Apostate Church, the whore that rides the beast. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government
2: Takeover of the Church. Who will tell them, if not you? Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from LibertyRadioLive.com. Order online today or call 559 781 3773
0: Now listen to
2: me Fight the fight We are here to equip you Because you love the truth LibertyRadioLive.com
1: A question popped up on my second computer here, and I think it came through Skype. Uh, Do we have a chat room? I think that once we get this so that we're operating on Skype, there is a chat room. But again, I'm not the technical guy here, so I can't answer (laughs) that question right now. If you want to ask a question on the radio uh, this week, uh, just send it to Gregory at dot and say radio question. Um, we were talking a little bit about the fact that this is... Uh, I got another notice. <laughs> I think it is... Uh, oh, I can't follow all these buttons. Anyway, um, I'm learning my way around Skype. I've got this hooked up on Skype and so some people may be sending, so it's getting me little signals. Hopefully we'll get better and better at this and we'll, uh... uh I, I remember when we would do the talk show and we would get, uh... I would ask the chat room and, uh, Scott, I think he, his brain sometimes works like mine. He was finding it difficult to watch the chat room and listen to the conversation at the same time, <laughs> and uh, I think that's actually coming from Liberty Live. Um, you will have to figure out how all this works. <laughs> it's not popping up on my screen so that I can read it on a regular basis. Ah, is this it? Okay. Okay, that was a note from Nicholas. Uh, uh, Yeah, we don't have a chat room at this time and we were going to try to set one up uh, and... uh, and we'll hopefully uh, uh, we happen to have uh, some people out of town this week. I think the real key thing is to get Skype into this office or locally enough so that I can get down to it. If it's within uh, horseback distance, I can get to it uh, Saturday morning early, and uh, we can do the show live from wherever that is. Uh, But I don't know how soon we can get that to happen. If not, we will go to having uh, one of our other people who do have DSL set up to Skype, and then they'll just call me. Um, And we'll do it that way for a while until we can finally get DSL. We've been struggling to get DSL out here for years and years and years, and the phone company has just not been as cooperative and as wise as they should have been. They put the only DSL station miles away from where everybody lives (laughs) so that only a very few people out here at this end of the valley can actually get DSL and we're farther out. So we couldn't. If they had put it where we had suggested to begin with, uh, 80% of the people in the valley could have gotten DSL. but uh, they weren't that smart, uh, they got, even though they had petitions signed and everything. But that's bureaucracy. Most of the uh, larger companies become like giant corporations, uh, just the same as the United States has become. Whenever you centralize power and control and decision-making, you will always end up in disaster, because men who seek power rather than righteousness will become the decision makers of your society whether it's corporate or not that always brings destruction because it becomes self-interest that is motivating the decisions we see this uh, we sent out a few posts in the last few weeks on uh... like real food Uh, robin o'brien i believe is her name was an analyst in uh, the food industry on uh, Wall Street, and she began to realize that the foods that we are purchasing in the store uh, were buying poison that is killing us and making us ill and sick. And uh, the reason why is because corporate America is making decisions based on the bottom line rather than what is best for the people. They don't love their neighbor as themselves. They don't love their neighbor as much as they love profit. So therefore, they are making products and turning a blind eye. It's not always, you know, it's not always, you know, uh, ugly ogres, you know, uh, slobbering in the uh, dark that are uh, destroying people. It's uh, rich uh, businessmen in suits who are more interested in profit than wisdom and righteousness. They are not seeking the kingdom and his righteousness. Well, Robin has repented and realized that she was in error and has now uh, put a great deal of effort in speaking out and showing us that the foods that are being produced by corporate uh, agriculture and uh, food production Italy, uh, is really producing this food that is poisonous. Uh causing allergies, causing illnesses, uh, causing all sorts of digestive problems, and GMOs is the tip of the iceberg. Uh, it's not just GMOs. It's a lot of other things that are causing this. All the GMOs is it, I maybe it's not just the tip of the iceberg, but it's certainly uh, not the only thing to be concerned about, but it is certainly one of the top uh, things to be concerned about because it's destroying our source of food in America. Even if you're a repentant farmer and decide, I don't want to grow these kinds of soybeans anymore on my field because I know they are producing uh, something that is hazardous. I know I'm changing the environment. You know, uh, uh, Roundup-ready crops are receiving much more herbicides because they're immune to the herbicide, but they're poisoning the ground itself, and they're finding, uh, and this is an unbelievable statistic, 15 to 45 percent of some dairy herds have become infertile. They cannot reproduce. They either have a calf and lose that calf through spontaneous abortion, or they will not settle at all. They will not have a calf at all. They do not become pregnant. They do not have a calf. A dairy cow that does not get pregnant does not produce milk. If you have 45% of your herd not producing milk, you're out of business. You you can't stay in business. You're destroyed. Um, uh, sheep prices are way up this year. Why? Because there's millions and millions of sheep that are dead all over the world New Zealand Australia freak snowstorms floods droughts uh, in America Uh, millions of sheep farmers have gone out of business Uh, I can hear a voice in the background (laughs) I don't know what that was Um, anyway um the uh, this is uh, you know wheat farms 25% of the wheat farms in some areas did not get planted this year uh because of the excessive rain we know uh millions of acres of farm ground has been flooded and is not going to produce any food uh we have developed a system Whereby food is immediately produced, uh, goes to market, goes to the processing plants, goes to the grocery store, goes to the consumer, with as little stand-around time as possible. Very efficient flow of farm to feed the people. Uh, products have been going out there. Very little surplus laying around that because all the surplus is usually accumulating interest and therefore nobody wants to have anything more than what they can sell immediately well that's very efficient but if something interrupts that flow suddenly there's a shortage and you get a 10% shortage in a commodity that is important and you'll have a 20, 30, 40% increase in price because people have to have it. They think they have to have it. Well, we have that possibility on all fronts in food manufacturing today, in food production today, from wheat to corn to uh, lamb, and it can be interrupted. The fact is, is that even if it's not interrupted, the food that you're purchasing in the store is just terrible for you. It's bad for you. It's making you sick. It's giving you gallstones and and uh, allergies and uh, diabetes and causing brain damage. Uh, just one commodity after another has been toxified either through processing or through GMOs or what have you. It's poisoning you. If if I was an alien and wanted to take over the planet, I would hire Monsanto to genetically alter the food supply. <laughs> yeah, that sounds a little... I always thought that would make a great plot um, for a movie. And don't let the people know until the end of what's really going on. And then have somebody find out and try to resist the great conspiracy theory thing. But the reality is, is you should be figuring out other alternative sources of food to sustain your family and your community. People who stock up on a street full of people who don't stock up simply make themselves a target. You need to develop community interest in stocking up and providing that buffer that should be in corporate America, in agriculture. Like I say, on the farms, there used to be four, five, six years' supply of grain in silos and bin. If they got no crop whatsoever that year, totally hailed out, totally flooded out, they had last year's crop still available that they could sell. And the year before, and the year before, and the year before. Of course, they'd sell the oldest stuff first. And the oldest stuff would not be as good as the fresh stuff, sure. But it's better than a rock, which is what you're going to have to eat if there isn't anything there. You need to have that buffer, or you will have to go the way of Egypt. And the reality is we already have gone the way of Egypt, so now you go the way of the fall of Rome. Famine with no recourse and not just with food with medicine alternative forms of healing and caring for one okay. on the network we have somebody uh, who has been uh, building a, uh, a knowledge base and a lot of the arts of healing you know herbs and, and oils and we put them in touch with somebody also in the network that i knew and i met on the tour and uh got a very uh interesting la- letter i think it began with the word wow Learned more in the last few hours than i would have in days or weeks because somebody was really knowledgeable really loved the this particular aspect of healing and health shared a lot of information with her and now she's more knowledgeable. And the whole network is made richer by the fact that they're getting more and more people that are knowledgeable of these lost arts and lost abilities and lost solutions that society has forgotten because they have looked to the wrong place for the sources of answers. There is... uh, anyway there is uh, uh, I was wondering why that wasn't ringing in here we have had other phone lines going off <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway the point is, is that uh, we need to create those alternatives because we've looked in the wrong direction one of the most popular phrases at the time of the American Revolution was as long as you look to government to solve your problems you will always suffer tyranny there were several quotes similar to that Uh, I think that actually came from England originally uh, from somebody who was in the House of Lords Uh, the reality is is that uh, (coughs) that's exactly what we've done is we've looked to government to solve everything and we need to start looking to the kingdom of God and how does the kingdom of God work it works through a network of congregations of people and communities that help one another and uh and take care of one another and this is one of the the critical things that we need uh to accomplish uh, in the next uh weeks, months and years. Uh Um, people have multiple emails and it's hard to keep track of who is sending what (laughs) you know one of the things that was a topic of uh, church ID has come up several times came up again this morning and I would love to take the time to set up the protocols uh, with a few other people and and, uh, set it up so that we in order for church ID to be effective It has to equal the righteousness of the world. In other words, it has to be real ID. It must be verifiable ID by more than two or or more witnesses uh, that verify that you are who you say you are, and we have a way of proving that uh, online, two faxes, uh, two sealed documents, saying, yes, you are who you are. And then our ID becomes something that is reliable and verifiable. And, uh, it also needs to be IDing people that, that we want to be associated with us, because there's always this guilt by association. Oh, another church I know that has provided ID for years gives it to anybody who fills out the papers and, and sends them 35 bucks, or whatever it is. <coughs> and, and they try to police this to some degree when they find out some people are really, you know, like terrible, rotten murder Kind of guy that you say, oh, we have to withdraw the ID, but he's still walking around with it. There needs to be more care in producing church ID. That if these people are not just bearing witness that this person is this person who says he is, or this individual who says he is this name, but also it's his character matches that that we want associated with the church. Now, whose decision should that be? Should it be my decision alone? No. So we have to form this ID through congregations of record. You have to form congregations of record, and those records have to be recorded with this office if you want the ID to come out of this office. And when that's formed, then the local congregation can put together the necessary documents that proves that you are who you say you are, and then we can act upon those documents because that's the testimony. In other words, we are establishing your ID with two or more witnesses. Isn't that biblical? Establish everything with two or more witnesses. Now, two or more witnesses isn't the guy who makes the ID and the guy who asks for the ID. That's self-testimony two or more witnesses are people who know the guy who wants the ID and testifies that he is who he says he is. And we need to know who those witnesses are so therefore you need to have a congregation of records because I can know the minister but I may not know all the members of the congregation but I don't need to know. I just need to know that minister or that minister's minister. I know, you know, Paul Bethke. I know... Uh, Hadar Uh, but I can't remember all the people that's in uh, Hadar's congregation I remember Thomas but I, I really don't think I even met all the other people and even if I did I can't remember them so this is why you have the tens, hundreds, and thousands you don't have the tens and thousands you have to have this intimate network where I know I can trust this individual statement that this person really is that person, of course, the world's going to want to see paper. that's the protocol. How do we do that and then we get the information and put it in a database, and we make it available at uh online, which we already have that part set up, but we don't have the protocols complete. We've kind of gone through it, but we need to make it a package deal so that people can follow instructions and everybody stay on the same page. Well, I have papers here for Congregations of Record that I have to process on my desk, but I have other stacks of papers on top of those and other stacks of papers on top of those. And on top of that, I have headphones (laughs) and a tape measure and two books that were proofread. That I need to go through and make sure all those proofs are in the books online so that we can get them ready and clean for printing uh that's that's a huge job. I can't do it all without your help. We talked on the blog talk about supporting this ministry. You need to support this ministry for two reasons. One is we need to help. But, you know, we'll we'll keep busy whether you help us or not. We may not be as efficient because we're, our time is more divided. But the other reason is you need to cast your bread upon the waters. You need to invest somehow. And it doesn't have to be this ministry, but you need to be supporting one ministry, some ministry somewhere. Some they think tithing was done away with. You know, some have churches say yeah, and some have the churches say no. But tithing was never done away with. If you want to be a part of the government of God, you need to support it with your effort. I don't care if it's money or, or work or whatever, but you need to support it. If you don't think we're it, well, don't support us. That's where the freedom of choice comes. But it's faith, hope, and charity. You need to have in the apostate church preaching and the delusions of those who have crept in and preached for truth a damnable heresy. How do they see and understand this? This is a job, it's a full time job. To put that together and provide that to the world, and I can't do it without the help of God. And God helps us by helping, he telling us to help each other. Your your local congregations of record that are trying to form. Why is it so hard for people to get together? and bear witness on paper that, yeah, I recognize this person as a minister. Yeah, I, I I want this person because I know they are in contact with these people. And that makes us part of the kingdom, or at least seeking it, seeking to take care of one another. See, that's one of the beautiful things. You don't have to go straight from depending on the welfare of the world to absolutely only depending on the welfare of God. Now, they did at Pentecost when thousands were baptized. They were kicked out instantaneously. No more go back. They opted out of that system of core V that made them, place them in bondage. They opted out. One day, they had to get the other system going. It wasn't dunk in water and, and go off and have a party. It's dunk in water and pick a minister. Ten families had to get a minister, and that minister had to find ten other, nine other ministers like himself that were picked by ten families. They were busy that day. Organizing themselves in a system based on faith, hope, and charity. And when they got home back to Ireland, they had to say, you know, we need to go back to the tens, hundreds, and thousands. They remembered the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And all over Europe, you see that. And Rome declined. Because Rome still had the E Pluribus Unum. Out of many, one. Now, out of many, we should be one, too, but one in spirit. Not one corporate body. Subject to the will of the mob, subject to the will of the indirect democracy. That's what the United States federal government is. It's an indirect democracy. It's not a republic. Those are not the same things. I was once at a table eating, and and one of the kids said, uh, says, something about democracy and I said oh you don't want democracy my mother looked at me in some kind of wild like, Well, what kind of government do you want if you don't want democracy and I said a republic and she was stunned she didn't say well, what's the difference she just didn't get an argument so she just shut <laughs> up <laughs> she didn't understand she didn't know the difference between a republic and a democracy. A republic is not an indirect democracy. A republic is where you are free from things public. Indirect democracy, you're subject to things public. A constitutional democracy, you Now that we call it a constitutional republic. Well, a constitutional republic, that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. For the most part. It depends on how you mean it, but you can write a constitution for your republic why would you do it well you're doing it because you have a central leader that is somehow getting elected by the people and he has some sort of exercising power and so you create a constitution to limit his power and there are five things that you should have in that constitution only four of them are in the constitution of the United States and they don't even pay attention to that one that they did put in there They they don't pay any attention to it anymore yes it can't be a foreigner so in the uh... weeks to come we'll have to figure out how to set up a chat room i'll still have to work on getting a uh... some way of setting up skype here on a regular basis uh... if that is delayed again we'll try to get one of the members of the PCMs who is on Skype to call into the radio station and uh, with his Skype and then he call me and he can be my co-host and uh, then we can bring in other calls and have regular questions. And the PCMs who want to call me during the week with questions that should be asked on a public forum will be able to do that. And we will have uh, more conversation here, Uh, a two-way conversation. And, well, we're going to go to break here again. And while we're on break, everybody can think of a great question and email it to me. Gregory at his old church
2: Fight the fight. We are here to equip you. Let our motto be, don't tread on me. LibertyRadioLive.com The program you are listening to is 100% sponsored by you, the listener, on this First Amendment rights media channel. You will notice that there are few commercials on this radio network. There's a good reason for that. If you believe in any of these, we ask you to support them as you would a missionary on a continual basis, as if giving a tithe for Missionary Radio. These programs are not commercially viable and must be supported by those faithful to the cause of truth look for the button to sponsor your favorite programs at our listen and schedule pages on the internet then when you subscribe we will send you the last quarterly mp3 cd of that program immediately and continue to do so with each new quarter we will also give you unlimited archive access to all of our programs we're asking you to give much less than a tithe so that you may also send support directly to a particular program host cause, and anywhere else the Spirit may lead you. Do all to the glory of our God and Creator, for His holy nation, the only kingdom that will last forever. Thank you for listening. If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South.
0: Was it the Civil War or War of Federal Aggression? John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Past Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free?
2: 3773. Have you seen Loose Change?
0: The most popular documentary in the 911 truth movement. With the coming change in government, now is the time to push for justice and get this truth into the hands of millions of Americans. First Amendment Radio is offering both videos, Loose Change and 911 Justice on DVD. We will ship two copies of both videos to you for 10 bucks cash. Yes, two copies, one for you and one for you to give away. You will see and hear Larry Silverstein admit that they decided to pull the building why are they not being pursued the people must know justice must be had the time is now two copies of both videos loose change and 911 justice for 10 bucks cash no checks please to first amendment radio 139 east to larry avenue to larry california 93274
1: Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. This is our uh, second hour, uh, last half hour of the show. Uh, uh, I was looking here at uh, uh, trying to figure out something during the break as far as uh, how to get a chat room going, and I guess there is a chat room, uh, and... It's with uh, Liberty Radio Live. And I'm sending out the uh, location of that for you uh, right now to the TCMs. uh, And we'll see if that does any good. (laughs) I think I'm sending it out. I'm not very good at... uh, Uh, And I'm logging into the chat room to see who's in there. Uh, Anyway, I don't know what's going on in there. We may have to have our own. Uh, But anyway, the address is... uh, uh, h t. T P colon slash slash w w f a r dot com slash farm slash chat um uh, at least that's uh the one that's connected with uh uh the uh radio station i guess um and I can actually write to them. I'm not going to spend much time doing this. And <laughs> uh, the radio. Dot com. Anyway, uh, we're a little bit relaxed here. Uh, somebody by the name of Smoke is listening to the radio station now. <laughs> And you're hearing all the little messages pop in. I'll have to mute that eventually. Uh, so anyway, there's, there's we've got a chat room there. And uh, that could get annoying listening to that all the time. I don't know if you guys are picking that up. Uh, I forgot how to mute this. I think it's here. Or at least I'll turn it down. But anyway... Uh, We'll hopefully get some of the uh, kinks out of this uh, in the next few days uh, and next weeks and get better and better at creating this radio station and these radio programs. And we will hopefully make a few advertisement uh, brief, uh, you know, 30 or 60 second spots to advertise the show, try to bring more people to it. And of course, when we finally go to syndication, uh, we may get many, many, many more people uh, coming to it because the syndicated program can only afford to be about a half hour long. And if people want to hear more, they'll have to come to First Amendment Radio or actually Liberty Live, uh, Liberty Radio Live.com uh, to hear us uh, and to call in with extensive uh, calls and questions, which I'm sure there'll be lots of. In order to do that, we're going to need your support to go and syndicate uh I can see how difficult it is to uh uh Okay, yeah, I, they they're correcting me. I didn't type in the live. That's the problem with trying to talk at the same time that you're uh uh typing on the internet is that uh you, you can't can't do them both justice. Uh which is another reason why we might consider a co-host Even if I can get a live broadcast uh, It would be great to have a co-host Who can kind of watch things uh, Like the chat room and stuff And and mute these uh, uh, Ding-dings that keep popping up I think I finally did mute it um, uh, Oh, I didn't mute it Didn't mute it Think that muted or does does does, this muted? Ah, okay. Anyway, uh, uh, I think Scott's in there and connecting with one of our PCMs and former PCMs in Pennsylvania. Uh, That's the thing is that we can we can form this alternative network, and every time you get a new person in the network, we all become richer, because that individual brings skills, knowledge base, and abilities. But of course, you're not really a part of the living network unless you are actually contributing to it. Now, how do you contribute to it? Well, the the ways in which you can contribute to it are as variable as the stars in the sky. Uh, You can contribute by uh, bringing more people to the network, by uh, sharing personal information, sharing uh, skills and knowledge, sharing funds. Yeah, you could actually contribute dollars and cents, but that isn't the only way. Who are you answerable to when you contribute dollars and cents or good cents? and advice, and skills, and abilities, and, you know, why not? When we were first starting to preach this, everybody made me the center of everything. We had numerous groups on Yahoo. They still exist. But when I stopped posting to the Yahoo groups, they died. It's because all the people that were on those groups were absolutely dependent upon me for their motivation. If I post to the groups, they get, we get response. What kind of response? Well, we'll get sometimes arguments, sometimes comments, but it always depended upon me to feed that group so that we keep going. That's not good. That's bad. That's centralization. You have to become responsible. You have to form your own congregations of record. You have to take time to make those congregations of record in contact with others. It's really a lot easier and simpler if you just go off and do your own thing. But when you actually have to start thinking about others as much as you think about yourself, then a new paradigm comes into your life. Now, mothers, they already have this idea. They have to think about their kids. They have to think about what they're going to eat or think about what they're going to study and learn and things like that, especially if they home teach uh fathers do this to some degree but they're often preoccupied with going out in the world and earning the livelihood but good fathers come back and are also concerned and receive reports back from mom and and their their sons and daughters as to what's going on and participate in being a parent in their lives but that's not enough just to be a family because that's not kingdom To be kingdom, we are the princes of that kingdom. Therefore, we need to get together with the other princes of the kingdom and form an actual kingdom network. So this requires an actual contribution outside yourself. You have to spend time to find these other contact ministers that are uh, serving congregations. Just as the minister has to take time away from his family to serve his congregation, the congregations have to have an equal interest in serving other congregations. Now, when you add a dentist to a congregation in Texas, it adds a dentist to the whole network. When you add somebody who understands the essential oils or herbology or uh, the fellow uh, who wrote the book, I think it's pain-free. Uh, wonderful series of exercises that helps people with their backs. I've been trying to get somebody to write a blurb. They did it for an individual who wrote them. I said, you need to just tweak that a little bit, and we'll put it up on the network. We'll put it up on preparingyou.com, and then other people can look at that and study that. Um uh, Uh, so I'm looking uh, I was looking at our (laughs) I can see how difficult it is to read uh, the chat room at the same time uh, you're trying to speak on the radio Uh, uh, uh... somebody evidently doesn't have a nickname other than nickname Uh, uh, but it would be really good to have a co-host and I think that uh, I could see how that once you have a chat room that's supplying some of your questions you actually need your co-host that's reading it all the time while somebody else is filling the dead air time and then he could easily uh, participate in uh, saying, "Oh, we got a question here in Poughkeepsie, and he wants to know uh, how does this dramatically uh, 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 fit into this uh, paradigm of the kingdom of heaven?" Uh, or, um, you know, I actually can't even follow the questions here as they are appearing in the chat room. <laughs> Uh, loving thy neighbor as thyself has uh, uh, always, he uh, says. And this is uh, somebody is saying this loving your neighbor idea has always been opposed to every level of government. No, that's not actually true. And, and but I understand what they're saying. Uh, they're using the word government as if it's corporate government, centralized government, power government. Uh, when Jesus appointed the kingdom to the apostles he said but you are not to be like the princes of the Gentiles he says you have seen the princes and rulers in another uh, another book of the you know it's in Matthew Mark and Luke uh, rulers of the Gentiles the other nations who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other it is not to be that way with you Well, see, we've equated government with only those people who exercise authority, one over the other. But self-government, based on faith, open charity, is not centralized. It's decentralized. Why? Because every individual, every individual that comes together in that society is diligent in the exercise of personal responsibility and responsibility to the rest of the community. That's government, too. But it's simply operating by the perfect law of liberty. He gets to choose how he will participate. It doesn't mean he can choose not to participate at all, because if he does that, there is a void A vacuum of government. There is no self-government because he has chosen to be apathetic and slothful. And since nature abhors a vacuum, something will come in and become the government that he fails to be. The self-government he fails to be. If he does not tend to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith... There will be a black and white unit that will pull up and tend to that for him. Because nature abhors a vacuum. If you will not be the government of the people, for the people, and by the people, through the perfect law of liberty, by faith, hope, and charity, dictatorships, tyranny, will be the name of the game. Despotism will reign. Because you do not. Uh, I guess they're setting up a uh, landline service with Skype to be able to help next week if Paul is still unable to set up Skype. Uh, Paul was uh, uh, our fellow in Wisconsin and he helped us do Skype uh, and test it and, and I believe do the radio show last week. Uh, but uh, he is uh, out of town and has dial-up only. So uh, we have another minister who is willing to take that gap in place. We need to have every minister who has DSL capable of becoming a co-host on Keys of the Kingdom at com. I'll get it right. <laughs> uh, every week. And we can alternate co-host and we can have the battle of the co hosts (laughs) to see who is the best co-host in operating this and that way each of us becomes skilled no burden is placed on one individual only that it it becomes distributed uh, equally amongst us as equally as we can and the fact is, is I know that Scott could handle these programs by himself and so could Paul and Paul has done that and, believe it or not, I believe uh, several others could do the same thing. We've got uh, contact ministers from one end of the country to the other. I mean, we could even pull on our uh, Canadian and Australian friends. If we have a people from Australia listening, uh, I need to get a hold of George because i got somebody who's coming into Christ Church, someone who was raised almost in this household, who is going to be visiting New Zealand for a couple of months, and we want... Uh, would love to have him meet her while she's there. Uh she was going to stay in Christchurch but because of the big earthquake uh evidently they're going to be staying in another town which I forget the name of it. But this is part of the networking. There's something about meeting somebody who met somebody else that allows you to know that person a little bit better. Uh It it is really strange, and I kind of was noticing that, and I've noticed the results of that after the tour. And I don't want to do a tour all the time, (laughs) but uh, it's too hard on this old man, and the rest of the family has to do without me for a month and a half, and then I have to spend another month and a half getting caught up. But the fact is, is we need to get each of you in contact. And the, the stronger we make the existing network, as spread out as it is, When we go syndication, we will have a network in place to help receive and and show and explain and assist uh, and encourage all those others that are going to be reaching out and saying, Hey, this makes sense. This makes sense. uh yeah the scott's explaining to somebody uh, uh they're they're talking again about government being uh, uh enforcing charity at the point of the gun which is of course the way it is operating in the United States and most countries throughout the world today is that these are the men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority to force the contributions of the people in a system that was called Corban both in Rome and Judea because the Romans had their Q-O-R-B-A-N uh, just the same as the Israelites or Judeans had their C-O-R-B-A-N and uh that is uh, a way in which you sacrifice to provide for the needy of your society which is what religion is but pure religion is to do that unspotted from the world this is the Corbin and we explain all this in articles and books on the net and recordings but Christ offered you a government that you could do the same thing, provide for the needy, not with benefactors who exercise authority, but with benefactors who operated according to the perfect law of liberty. It was still a government. But it was a government of the people, for the people and by the people. The princes of each household, the king of each household was the father and queen, the mother of that household, ruling in together no more twain but one flesh that is the corporate body of the kingdom but how does that body interact with the rest of the world without incorporating itself because as soon as you incorporate a family with another family you've diminished the power in one family or the other or both so it's absolutely essential that you come together in some way based on free choice but you still come together you're not creating an unincorporated association. And this is really, we, we don't have enough time left in the show to go into exactly what, why we say that. But the reality is, is if, you become, if your congregation is an unincorporated association and it does something or says something that is sueable. Or where they, one can be held liable, become liable because you're an unincorporated association. How do you avoid your congregation from becoming such an unincorporated association? You know you don't want to incorporate it as a congregation because you diminish the rights of the individual family. How do you form a, corp, uh, a, a congregation without becoming an unincorporated association? You do it through the altars of Abraham you don't understand what that is get the book thy kingdom comes and find out what abraham was doing because moses was doing it and jesus was doing it and the first century church was doing it and the people of europe were free if they so chose to not be slothful for a thousand years but then they forgot the majesty of the kingdom which is honor and love and charity and reliability of an individual to care as much about his neighbor as he does himself. They became isolated villages and valleys. And the kings of the world conquered them one by one in inquisitions and wars. But now they've even forgot what they've become. And how they became that. They become these corporate giants. And the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And this is one big Pox Romana. And it's headed for its giant fall and you don't need a crystal ball to figure it out. So anyway, we'll try this again next week. Hopefully we'll have things in better uh, stead so that we can do Skype and that we can uh, set up a regular chat and get call-ins and we will test call-in on blog talk radio first you want to know more about that you'll have to go to his over sure. of God the Father for men who seek power will seek office but if you create a government based on offices of service men who seek service will seek office and you will contribute to them according to their service that's what it says. You do not tithe automatically. You tithe to them according to their service. And the church's service was health, education, and welfare. The church's service was a faith, emergency, ministry, auxiliary. The church's service was public service to its people. It had. It was its own government. Till we meet again, peace be upon your house. And May God be with you.